up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. I'm here. I'm going to take a bold stance. I think it's only an issue I brought up one other time on the show. You'd have to be a real Run Your Mouth fan to go down the archive and even remember that I took this stance before. But we, as a collective civilization, people trying to figure out how to make the world a better place, trying to figure out what empowers the elites to rob from us on a daily basis, we have to take a stance against overly nice rooms. Because if you're trying to get inside the psychology of why it is that world leaders will make decisions, it's because they're, they're in rooms that are unbelievably beautiful. Look at the UN. Tell me that doesn't look like the most villainous of all the layers you've ever seen in villainous layers in your entire James Bond life. The James Bond villains, they don't even have layers this nice because they don't have the money and resources to build rooms this big. And typically speaking, when they're getting together and they're making their little evil James Bond decisions, what, they got a council of three or four people. They ain't bringing thousands or hundreds of people together. They don't even need rooms that big. Take a, take a look at this. If you're not watching Run Your Mouth, you're not actually watching the video, you can go to my Instagram, you follow me at Robbie the Fire. you can follow me on my Twitter, you can see the highlight clips. Look at how nice this room is in the UN. So what we need to do is we need to start forcing our world leaders to get together in more humble settings where they can better relate to the human beings that they try and pretend like they represent. Because when you're in rooms this fantastically beautiful, that's when you get completely removed from humanity and you start thinking of yourself as being some sort of a god that's entitled to things that you are or are not uh, deserving of and you start making evil decisions. So you want to know how we can force the world leaders to make uh, better decisions for us? It's we need to put a ban on nice rooms. And that's our episode. Thanks for joining us. Um, all right. What else do we got to get into? Oh, guys, important show announcement. If you're going to be out at Skankfest, send me an email. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I've got five limited edition, the orange sheath hats that Robert made for us for 2023 every year. There's one special edition sheath hat made for the Run Your Mouth podcast. Last year it was the black and red racing style hat. And only five of those were made, one of which is owned by uh, Wes from Z Extraordinary Farms, two of which are owned by me, and then there were two more. I don't remember what happened to them. But this year, we got a whole bunch of the orange trucker hats and uh, limited availability. All you have to do is send me an email, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I'll give you one at Skankfest, then you wear it at Skankfest, and everyone goes, oh my God, look, look at how popular Rob is that people are wearing run-your-mouth sheath hats. So, you know... Let's, uh, let's make me look good over at the Skankfest. Shoot me an email, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Get yourself a limited edition run-your-mouth sheath hat. Uh, all right, guys, I got some important updates in um, my uh, Spirit Airlines ordeal, which is uh, I, I t supposedly later this afternoon I'll be reunited with my bag, which I might get into bed with. At this point, I mean, the longing I've had for this bag, I've never felt so attached to a piece of luggage in my entire life. I mean, the, the trials and tribulations that I went through just to try and get back some of my own production gear from Spirit Airlines, um, and it's not official yet because until this bag is actually restored and in my hands, and then I can open it up and discover that the items that I packed into it are even still in that bag, we don't know that this ordeal is over. This might be something that in 10 years from now, I'm still yelling about. But, you know, you guys are invested in the story. You've come along for the journey. You've heard about some of, not all of the calls I've had with customer service. Because I don't, I don't want you guys living 
in with with everything that I have to bottle down on a daily basis. If I shared with you guys all of the experiences I've had with Spirit Airlines, you too would have to drink every evening. You too would find yourself with the need to podcast and yell about random things in the news just to spill out a little bit of your race. So I'm not going to tell you all the details because I don't want you guys to have to live with that kind of anger in your heart. But I do want to keep you updated as you've come along for the Spirit Airlines ride, and I feel like you've invested into the story. You should know, uh, but so you know what we're, we're, we're coming in to the end of Act 3. We just got past... Some of the, uh, the, 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 where it felt like it was over. It wasn't going to happen. I would never see this bag again. There's a restoration of hope. It might happen. Supposedly going to be reunited. You know what I should do? I should dress like a groom and then ask the person at the FedEx office that I have to pick him up for if he will, uh, <laughs> formally marry me back, reacquaint me with my bag. Um, so, you know, you guys can, uh, look forward to that update. Uh, one thought that I did have with my last correspondence with, uh, with Spirit Airlines is, you know, hold music, it's very annoying. It's particularly like you can tone out when they just play some stupid shitty song and then you can just have it in the background. What's even worse is when they keep repeating the same announcements that you don't want to know about. Here at Spirit Airlines, you can get even more. I will never fly your airline. There's even more discount available because we want to get you to play. You don't want to get me anywhere. And and they're just mocking you with their announcements that you've heard for 45 times. Where you're like, is this their thing? That I call them up and then they brainwash me that I want to use their services again? Is that the way that this thing is operating? They force you to basically, you know, that used to be like a thing. You'd go down to Disney World and your parents would be like, all right, we're not going to the theme park today because we're going to sit through this two-hour demonstration about buying a property so we can come and take this vacation every year instead of this one time. And then that's how these people become fucking Mickey Mouse evangelical. You want to know why there's some pedophile adult that actually goes to Disney World every day and takes that as their vacation? I will tell you what happened. It's because at some point in time, they sat in on one of those stupid stupid timeshare things so they could sell tw- save 25% on the already overpriced Disney vacations and then as a result of that timeshare and getting suckered into taking their one adult vacation every year is this stupid investment that they made they have to really brainwash themselves into liking Disney so if you ever see a pedophile adult over out there that for some reason loves Disney, has to wear the Mickey Mouse hat, doesn't even have kids and wants to go ride those shitty Magic Mountain roller coasters and wait in lines to take a picture with Goofy, it's because they self-brainwash themselves after getting suckered into a shitty investment. And that's, I guess, what they do with the whole thing where they get the background music playing and they keep making the announcements till at some point you got to convince yourself, I like these announcements. I do like the specials. Anyways, even worse than the announcements and even worse than that hold music is when they just got nothing but silence. And then you just got to sit there and wonder if you even are still on hold. That's when you really got to start wondering about your life. When you're sitting there, you're not even sure... You forget the fact that you've put yourself into situations where you're somehow stuck on hold. You're not even sure if you are on hold. I did have a couple ideas. If you're out there, you want to invest in my next business project that will never happen because all the time on the show, I say that I've got great ideas and then we never do it. Uh, I want to do a bit like called flip scrippers. And, uh, you know, 
basically it'll be a team of lawyers that go through every single process that you could ever have with every single different company. And then they just give you the script for, Hey, here's the one letter that you got to send to them. You got to send them a, a thing that they've got that spirit airlines has a court date that they have to appear. And then, cause there's certain things that you can do that just instantly the, the company's like, and one of them is by the way, is uh, when suddenly you're dispute, the credit card company is disputing charges. That's when you'll get a call. Suddenly, suddenly they can reach you real easy when you're when you're taking back the money from them. They can give you a call right on the spot. Flip scrippers. Just call here, press 0000, you'll get a representative, and then make the following threat. You'll get your money back in a in, in an instant. Uh also I had an idea for uh for next year porch tour. This year's porch tour is not even over. We still got Tucson, Arizona. If you wanted to know how you could extend your summer, even though summer's over, but it's not because we're pretending like it's still summer and going to the hotter areas and still porch touring, assuming we book things other than Spirit and other airlines uh, actually fly because the other airlines might learn from Spirit Airlines that you don't have to actually fly your flights uh, and then you can just harvest people's energies. But anyways, uh, Tucson, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. But next year, we're going to do like a Seinfeld-esque Aaron, Aaron of grievances uh, where, you know, you can come with your, your best stories of how you were wronged by corporations last year. Uh, it'll be a safe uh, non-therapy space where everyone can dress with gavels and we can yell at uh, corporations. All right, let's move on. We do have a bunch of quick news topics that we are going to cover today. Nothing too in-depth, but you can get the full rundown of all the hottest stories from this past week, brought to you by YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. All right, so first is we've got former Trump aide Casty Hutchin claims Rudy Giuliani groped her on day of attack on Capitol. And I just assume that Rudy Giuliani is groping everybody all the time. I assume that he just walks into like rooms like a Nixon S Frankenstein, grabbing Tisco. That's not a doorknob. Ah, ah. I mean, just look at the way the, the fucking troll creature moves. I bet there's never a time he has ever. Firstly, the old rumors with Rudy Giuliani was that he was gay, um, and uh, based on the, the the hair dye, maybe I don't know. I don't know Rudy Giuliani's personal life. I do remember, though, that when this lady got up in front of uh, people and was talking about January 6th and she was overly descriptive and then the person was choked and she wasn't even there. I actually don't even remember the incident that well, but I do remember just watching her and being like, this lady, some bad CIA spook kooky liar lady. You guys remember that? I think it was like she was giving testimony. I had to stop drinking so everything's not like... I think I remember this thing. Maybe didn't it go down that way? But from what I do remember was when all the January 6th things was going on and they were making Donald Trump look like the world's biggest at badass where somehow he's got super stretch Armstrong arms that he can sit in the back seat of a uh, fully bulletproof vehicle that I would assume typically has separation between the front and the back. But Donald Trump, he had his super stretch Armstrong arms that he was able to reach to the front and choke the driver and say, no, we're going to this thing. Wasn't that this? It was something along those lines. I think that's what the story was. And then this lady was able to give testimony about it on television, even though she was just acting out the description of someone else, what the other person had seen. You know what this lady's mistake was? She needs a better lawyer because if you're going to write a book, what you have to do is claim that you were raped and then 
the court system, because juries, they like to meet in the middle. Everyone likes to meet in the middle. They go, well, she wasn't raped, but she was groped. You got to make a more aggressive claim than that if you're going to be writing some book for profits, and then you get to, you know, do the defamation suits when the people say it never happened. Even though I guess in this case, the rape part with uh, with Jean Carroll, Skeletor Lady, that didn't happen. So I guess the court actually agreed that that claim was false, but she was sexually assaulted. And so when Donald Trump disputed any of the incident, it was still defamation, even though her actual claim turned out to be not true. Things get confusing when you're making things up for books. All right, now let's get into our juiciest story of the day. You know, if you were confused about what was going on in this podcast, if you were wondering, and by the way, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about it, follow me on all platforms, because you never know with this show what platform we're going to be on next. This is th- this show is also like a murder mystery, hide-and-go-seek scavenger hunt, where if you want the podcast, you know, sometimes you got to go here for the video version, sometimes you got to go here for the audio version, you really got to earn the Run Your Mouth podcast. I know other people, they just make it easy. Set times, schedules, always up on the same platform. That's not the way this show operates. This, this, this show is for the people that really want to hear it and earn it. Uh, but, you know, share it with your other friends who then might also like it and then go through the hassle of trying to figure out when and where it's coming out. Uh, and and then and write a nice note on iTunes, give it the five stars, put it in email chain letters, spread the, spread the run your mouth gospel. All right, so anyways, biggest news story of the day. You've got uh, Ray Epps. Oh, oh boy. Ray Epps is actually in trouble. They're giving the man a misdemeanor. And let me tell you, if you're a lawyer, if you're like the lawyer for this guy, and you're not already completely backlogged with uh, cases from the CIA, you got to get this picture of Ray Epps on a billboard. You can actually hire him as your uh, spokesperson. The guy's tall, loud, and convincing. He can, you can start cutting ads with Ray Epps on television. Do you want to stay out of jail? Because everyone else got 20 years. But thanks to my life or law practice of Ray Epps and Associates, our lawyers know how to make sure that you get a wrist slap when everyone else that did lesser versions of the same thing that you did get a full 20 years. So I, I don't know. Listen, if you ever end up with any sort of trouble in your life, you got to track down this guy's lawyer who might just be too involved with the CIA or he might also be the prosecutionatory team, or he's, uh, you know, working at the FBI office as, as a handler, and so he shows up and he gives a wink and nod to the judge and goes, "All right, that'll be the wrist slap case." But I'm just telling you, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, either an opportunity for Ray Epps to cash in, stop living on the road on some uh, van uh, situation to just try and stay out of the public eye. And uh, cash in on the influence that you have and uh, share the word with these other people that made the same mistake as you did. Showing up and just protesting to reinstore Donald Trump to power. I, I mean, why not share the legal practices with the people that were your brother in arms? This has to be the uh, most exceptional defense case that has ever been mounted. I mean, how talk about something that's going to have to be studied in law schools for the next thousand years. I mean, why is anyone upset about this? We have now figured out the exact recipe for how you can be caught on camera doing the exact same activity, if not a worse version of it than other people, and then walk away with a less severe punishment. This is this should be the guideline for all of us on how we can get away with crimes against the United States government. 
So if anyone has more information about the most amazing legal defense that's ever been mounted since probably OJ with that glove, I mean, do we got any uh, any footage of this court of this courtroom lawyer and the kind of like the stories that he was spinning in front of this jury? The most fantastic Southern man that's ever worn suspenders and gone, I dare say good jury, that if this tall man were to be sent into the prisons, it'd be like sending a fellow to the gallows. I don't know what that guy said. I don't know who he is, but I'm asking for more information. Ray Epps isn't even interesting anymore. The more interesting story now is who is this lawyer and why haven't the rest of us procured him? I told you it was going to be a juicy story. Uh, you got Taylor Swift. She's out there telling people to don't, can you not tell people to vote? Just hope to buy more tickets to your shows. You're already making so much money and your fans. I, I don't, I don't understand your whole thing. And just based off of not understanding your whole thing, I'm just assuming that if your, your, your fans are going to vote, they're going to be like, can we vote for more people coming over the border and, and being in public schools with my kids? Ooh, you want to talk about a funny movie? Can we do a Billy Madison style movie, but for a person that just came across the border and wants to go to kindergarten to learn English? Is there a rule that adults aren't allowed to go to public school kindergarten in New York City? That could be a fun one. Uh, he just a guy just uh, just got over the border. He wants to be a good old fashioned American. He wants to get all the American experiences and he would love nothing more than going after his heart and life and crime in Mexico doing uh, horrible actions because as a young kid, he was a good street fighter and uh, the cartel saw his karate ways. And so they recruited him to be out there and forcing things on the streets. And he turned around and he couldn't realize just how much of his humanity and soul had lost him. He realized that the last time that he was sent by the Mexican cartel to chop off someone's guy's arms that he actually enjoyed it. No, it's not that he enjoyed it. It's that this time he felt nothing. In the past, every other time that he ever had to partake in slicing off of people's arms on behalf of the cartel, he, uh, he didn't feel great about it, but he understood that it wasn't his fault and that as a young poor child on the streets of whatever Mexican city where he was recruited, that he had no choice and so he could look past it. But the last time when he felt nothing, he decided, that's it. I have to go live a better life. And so he crosses the border illegally into America. But people do it all the time. We're going to find out later. I think it's been 4 million people uh, that they know of since uh, Biden came over, 40% of whom are uh, just walking right across the border. So it's pretty easy to do. And he's like, I've been committing crimes my whole life. I've been practicing for this one. This is an easy crime. I just got to walk into the country. And worst case scenario... They, they actually do catch me and just tell me, hey, you got to show up for a court case that I don't hold up for. He's like, I'm so good at crimes. This is an easy crime. I'm good to go. And so anyways, he shows up in America and, uh, you know, he's still a little bit fucked up from all the times that he was slicing off people's arms for the cartel. And he decides that what he would like to do to change himself is have the experiences of a young child. He just wants to go to kindergarten and finger paint. And so that's why we can't have, uh, you know, Taylor, just just go make your money and don't convince the people that want to fly around the country dressing up as Swifties and singing things should be voting because they probably shouldn't. All right. What else we got lined up? Uh, All right. Before we do a quick uh, breakdown of the most recent things from the Ukraines, because, of course, Zelensky, he was up at the U.S. I I need more of your money. I'm I'm doing him as Fauci again. I keep practicing him and it's just a basic Russian accent. And I try and hop into it and then it just comes out as Fauci. We'll practice it. Uh, 
sheathunderwear.com, promo code RYM, you get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. And a short time exclusive offer, email me at robsnewsroom at gmail.com. If you're going to be out at Skankfest, we'll, uh, we'll arrange for a drop-off. We'll set it up like a drug deal. Maybe we'll even get the sheath guys to film it. And, uh, you know, then you can wear my hat with pride and uh, advertise the show to all the fine people over at the Skankfest operation. All right, here is Rand Paul. And uh, you guys not, might not be aware of this, but, you know, we're spending a lot of money supporting this uh, Ukraine war operation. Uh, and uh, so much so, I mean, we're out of money in this country. We're about to go through another government shutdown. Which, it's got to be hard to do other work when every two months you have to figure out how to just, uh, I guess, keep the government running so that you can show up and then discuss how to fix it. Because if, if you guys are shut down, you can't even discuss how to fix things. So every two months, you just got to figure out how to come up with more of the money so you can even have the conversation. But then you never have the conversation on the other stuff. You never have a conversation about the board. You never have because you just got to figure out, hey, how do we uh, settle all the things that we promised everybody? And then amidst all that, they're like, well, we, we need a lot more money for the Ukraine. We need more money for the Ukraine. And so you would think, wow, these Ukrainian people that we're helping out, they must be, uh, that must be a real noble nation. I mean, we're really into democracy over here, right? Isn't that what we're all about? Is that we have to support democracies against tyranny, against, oh my God, the domino theory. If this country becomes socialism, then the whole area will become a bunch of dirty commies. And so that's why we got to make sure that North Korea, South Korea, Vietnam's, and so it's all in the name of we've got to support democracies. So, you know, let's give a quick listen to Rand and then we can yell more about the situation in Ukraine. There's, there's also this incredible story about an American journalist, Gonzalo Lira. He's reportedly right now in prison in Ukraine on allegations of, of spreading Russian propaganda. I, I, I don't understand this, that Joe Biden could approve $113 billion of money to Ukraine, and yet he has not tried to get this American journalist out of prison there. How is that possible? It's even worse than that, Maria. They've canceled the elections. What kind of democracy has no election? So next year, Zelensky said he's not going to have an election because it would be inconvenient during the war and would be expensive. Well, the thing is, if you don't have elections, why in the world would we be supporting a country that's not a democracy? They've banned the political parties. They've invaded churches. They've arrested priests. So, no, it isn't a democracy. It's a corrupt regime. And are the Russians any better? No, the Russians are worse. But at the same time, we don't always have to pick some side to be on. But the ultimate reason I'm against this is we don't have the money. And when we borrow more money, it leads to more inflation, leads to more likelihood of recession in our country. And so we just can't keep doing it. All right, by the way, before we do a breakdown of this, uh, I'd like to welcome, firstly, one of the longest-running listeners of the Run Your Mouth podcast. Back in the day when I would just send out tw uh, episodes into the ether, I was wondering if anyone was listening to it. Our good friend Sean would be out there going, good episode on Twitter, and that meant the world to me. And listen, as I was just yelling about that you have to earn your right to listen to the Run Your Mouth podcast, uh, here he is, found the Twitch stream, which is the one place that you can go to, and I can still take live comments, uh, so it's nice to have you. And look at this, we, we got comments pouring in. We also, I welcome Southpaw to the uh, Twitch uh, to the Twitch stream going, even if you get it back, you'll still be bitching about it in 10 years, LOL. That You know what, maybe what we'll do is uh, I won't even open up the bag. We can just uh, create a monument from when uh, Spirit Airlines actually 
returned my bag to me. We can pretend like that was a monumental occasion in world history. And then uh, maybe we could like Black History Month, we could, you know, recreate the, the two weeks that I didn't have my bag back from Spirit Airlines. Uh, so apparently, you know, I guess if uh, you can't have an election because then someone might get voted into office who wants to end the war. Because here you have Zelensky and he said, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that we have peace in the region. And so they vote him in and then he gets them into a war and he's making all the money from the United States government. And so uh, he's got to make sure that no one else can come in and then actually give the people that supposedly he represents what they want. Uh, because the other people might vote for the war to be over. They might actually use their voice to go, you know what? Putin can just keep those areas. I'd rather not have my son fight and die. Haven't we lost enough? But I guess we'll never know what the people actually want because uh, at this point, it's a dictatorship with uh, no opposing political parties. And I believe even American journalists, or I've just seen that on, on Twitter of uh, people being arrested. But listen, we still need to send all of our money over there in support of democracy. Uh, all right, we got another uh, couple of uh, quick big news stories that were coming across in the news. Uh, this was big. Lying in comedy isn't always wrong, but Hassan Minaj crossed a line. Um, trying to reformat my thoughts on this one. All right, let's just delve in. Well, what am I going to start shying away from my more controversial opinions now? Why, why would I do that? Um, I always thought it was kind of lame. I, I don't have too many jokes that are like completely not true. I, I don't have any jokes that are completely not true. I, I kind of think, uh, like sometimes it's more like the truth is to me is, is a lot of times that's the funny part is that you're seeing something that other people aren't seeing. And so it's going, how come no one else is seeing this? and figuring out how to turn that funny. I do have a couple jokes where I make claims that I said something at, at the in the moment that I didn't actually say, and those are limited, and those are not my hardest hitting jokes. Uh, one of them is I've got this longer winded story of uh, visiting a friend in the hospital and that he was in a shared room. Uh, and I, I got a whole bit about shared rooms and I've been trying to figure out this one particular incident because it, it was funny. It was funny that my friend was celebrating life on the side of the room that he was just had a child on. And then on the other side of the room was a uh, 15-year-old girl alone also having a kid. And we had to pretend to not be that happy on our side of the room because of normal social etiquette with what was going on on the other side of the room. And that we couldn't have our beautiful moment because of social etiquette. That's not the way I tell the joke. I say something horribly mean. And for the most part, it's not even working. For the most part, every, like everything that happens in the jokes are true. Just sometimes you, you claim that uh, you said something in the moment that, you know, you thought of two years later after repeatedly telling the story on stages and then finally finding the one funny line. And then you just lie to people and pretend like you're so smooth and cool as an individual that you said it at that exact moment in time. And then there's a lot of uh, last week I did this and it was three years ago. And so, you know, it sounds like you had a really exciting last week. I mean, the amount of relationships you had last week that you both got into and out of that. That's quite an exciting last week we all had, huh? But here you have this guy um, going through. I never liked when you could tell that like a story was totally bullshit. The guy's kind of trying to make him look like a, like a badass. I never loved that flavor of comedy, but you see it. And sometimes the joke is that you're claiming something that's so absurd. It clearly never happened. 
And so you're describing what's absolutely just nonsense. And that becomes interesting. Now, with all this being said, there's no right or wrong way to do comedy. You know what? I don't even fault you if your comedy's bad at this point. You actually make a living off of it. It might not be something that I... But I almost appreciate sometimes when I see comics now, and they're doing nothing that I like, but the audience really likes it. And I'm like, you have an entirely different bag of tricks. You got an entirely different outlook on what this is supposed to be. And God bless, because that room's laughing, and you're getting paid. Uh, I guess the longer I do comedy, the less of a critic I am, and just sometimes the more impressed I am by uh, other people's mechanics of what's working, because I know how hard I work on things, and just how often some of the things don't work. So with all that said, I didn't watch much of the special. Actually, the only joke I watched was uh, the Legion of Skanks did a breakdown of it, and they were uh, that. that go go watch that. That was fun. That was they, they had some great takes. Um, but I just saw this article from the New York Times where they said lying in comedy isn't always wrong, but Hassan Minaj crossed a line because what Hassan Minaj did is I guess he's a little bit in the woke kind of category or in the social justice kind of category. And so he's talking about horrible instances that have taken place in his life, except that the things didn't actually happen. Uh, and uh, I think here's what I'm trying to get at. I think for people like you and I, we need a better vocabulary to express our feelings because here you've got the New York Times comes in and they're saying, well, he crossed a line, whereas you and I would just go, he's being gay. <laughs> now, here's the thing about calling things. It's that it's like the joke that keeps on giving because it's a button that for some reason you can endlessly press and it just still kind of just it, it. But what I'm trying to say is I almost feel like I'm coming to the end of that joke. And so here you've got the New York Times in a very dignified way, basically saying the same thing, just with a better vocabulary. So I don't know, maybe there could be like a school where some of us just get educated in uh, uh, word usage so that maybe we could uh, just better express ourselves when we're saying the the same things. All right, a couple more uh, other uh, quick stories. This one is a worthwhile read. Uh, A little bit of salad here. We're not going to delve in too deep. But you guys can go check out this article. It's from Patrick Brown, and it was uh, linked in from a different uh, global warming thing that I talked about last week. And it was, I left out the full truth to get my climate change paper published. I just got published in Nature because I stuck to a narrative I knew the editors would like. That's not the way science should work. This is by Patrick T. Brown, who, who knows, maybe he was scorned by the other scientists and he realized that he uh, can't work in the science world anymore. And so now he's gone and he's left and he's making his money in other ways. So he gets to actually speak out against the scientists. Uh, it's kind of like you ever read the book Confessions of an Economic Hitman. That was a good read. But the whole time when he's like, oh, I've just I did all these horrible things because I knew one day I would write the book about all these horrible things. Now, you just did it. You did it because it made you money and you enjoyed it. And then you wrote a good book about it later when you felt bad. But, oh, I'm just, I'm just here for all the, all the money and all the resources so I can write about it later. So I don't know why this guy decided to maybe, maybe his morality got the better of him. And he realized that everything that they're doing in science isn't actually helping nobody. And so he decided he was going to go uh, put his efforts towards other things. And now he's writing this to let you know some of the games that these people pe- play. Just talked about it recently on a part of the problem. If you've never read uh, Man Economy, no, not Man Economy and State, the other one, 
You guys are in the chat. What's the little what's the little small Murray Rothbard book? You guys are in the chat. Help me out here. Sean, you still there? Anyways, Anatomy of the State. Thank you. We'll pretend like Sean came through on that one. Uh, is it Sean or Sheen? I don't know. Anyways, you got to realize that uh, a lot of money comes from government. And uh, what they like to do to spend that money is get academics and other people that will express the opinions that will keep the state in power, a lot of resources and wealth, so that more people want to have those opinions. And so it looks like the uh, that the people who have the opinion of look at the incredible, look at how important it is for the state to impose the authority that it has. It looks like the, it looks like they're the most credible people because they also are doing the best professionally. And so you got a nice little feedback circle uh, that incentivizes everyone to basically have the opinions that it's noble when the state has authority. Uh, and so here, basically, what this guy somewhat exposes is that you have to, if you work in science, get published in the prestigious magazines. Being published in the prestigious magazines are what open up and advance your career opportunities because everyone goes, oh, look, he was published in the prestigious magazine. And the only way to get published in the prestigious magazines is if you will write articles in the style that those editors like. And those editors are not looking for scientific information. They're looking for narrowly focused, accurate information that helps sell the perspective that they're looking for. And so in this particular case, I'm just going to give you guys the highlights. You can go read the article and you can read the article and laugh and go, wow, Rob got this completely wrong. But first is... Uh, he points out that 80% of all fires, fires, oh no, no, first let's just say more broadly what he says the issue is here, is that if you want to study basically having uh, less forest fires, you would look at what are the items that are causing forest fires, and here are the uh, actions that we could take that could have the most good in terms of preventing forest fires. And so 80% of forest fires are caused by humans, I don't know if this was in the article, but perhaps if we just put more resources into not having faulty electrical equipment or uh, removing brush or actually, uh, you know, doing what government claims that it does, which is kind of like help and maintain these things, then you might not have all the forest fires. Uh, but if instead you decide to focus on the little bit of increased heat, which I don't know how you're going to allocate that to global warming and specifically say that it's because of carbon and not because of, uh, this is now me here, this wasn't the scientist, and not say that it was uh, El Nino or otherwise, well, sure, I guess you can get a right, or you can get a paper that it's gotten a little bit hotter, and so when there is a forest fire, maybe it's going to spread a little bit more, and then you can take a look at the changes in risk and then write a paper that looks really scary about the percentage change in risk due to climate change. And then you can just narrowly focus on that one thing instead of addressing, hey, if we don't want our forests to burn, maybe what we need to do is have a free market in terms of maintaining the electrical grid so that we're not giving favored contracts out to select utility companies that don't have the incentive to actually maintain those grids, and then they burn down your homes and we blame the climate. Editorializing quite a bit. Most of this isn't actually in his article. <laughs> but here we go. So it was 80% caused by humans. Um, and, uh, this was another one as just a scientific takeaway. I bulletproof this for myself is heat related deaths have been declining, declining and crop yields have been increasing. So, you know, 
just if uh, you want to invest in using carbon, burning all the carbon in the name of economic growth, what you discover is that we actually have an, a landscape where you have less heat-related deaths, which probably has to do with air conditioning or uh, increased ability to you know, have water and keep people hydrated. And then crop yields have actually been increasing, which uh, you know maybe we could have some other argument about the poor nutrition and the Monsantos and all the chemicals that they're putting onto shit to create farm yields that are destroying the soil. But if you just want to, and by the way, maybe now I'm engaging the exact thing I'm accusing the scientists of engaging of just looking from the narrow perspective instead of the total perspective of just keeping people's fed. Gets a little bit circular here sometimes where you start wondering, am I being guilty of the same thing that I'm yelling that I believe these scientists are doing? Um, anyways, worthwhile read. I'm highlighting it for you guys so that you don't just need my meandering uh, recap of it. I left out the full truth to get my climate change paper published. It's interesting because he did get his article published in one of the most premier uh, journals for these kind of things. And now he's admitting to the fact of what we did in the name of science makes no sense because it doesn't actually address the most practical solutions or what the largest causes were. Instead, what we did was no, uh, focus narrowly on risk increases because of one single cause which is not the largest cause because 80% of this is being done by humans. So we're only focusing on the 20% and we're only focusing on the rate increases because if you make scandalous stories like that, that make it look like human uh, plays into this fucking narrative that carbon is what's creating global warming and that's what's going to kill all of us. Well, then the journal will publish it and then you can make more money. And then the politicians can have their article that they can point to and go, look, there's a there's another one of our most pre prestigious magazines has a piece in here about how uh, the, the risk increases due to weather. All right. Another couple quick stories. And before we call an episode, premierpharma.com, go check it out. You got yourself a pharmacy. You got yourself an independent doctor's office. You want to actually get yourself medications to your customers at the best possible prices for generics, go get in touch with the good folks over at premierpharma.com. All right, first is um, Dave Portnoy from Barstool. Um, turns out that that was a food journalist, which kind of makes me look like a real asshole because we just did a part of the problem recorded yesterday. It will be coming out. And man, did I get into the weeds on that story. I got juiced up. It was like doing play-by-play because -play I've taken a lot of sales calls in my life. I've watched a lot of these uh, prosecutorial hearings. Sometimes I watch these videos where people are breaking down how to interact with cops and interro interro interrogators. And I was all about it. And especially that we were able to Monday morning quarterback the operation, pause, and, and it, so I was fascinated by the whole thing. If you guys haven't watched it, he had a tremendous victory against the uh, Washington Post, exposing the way that real journalism takes place. And uh, we did a full breakdown of it. And when I heard that this was a food journalist who was writing this nefarious story against him, I, I was first thinking just imagine how slick the other people are, like the people that work in, I guess, the more important front pages of the news section and not the food section. If, when your food journalists have the bag of tricks that this lady had to try and write a hit piece in the food section, can you imagine what the war machine journalists are doing? 
And then I also look like a bit of an asshole because I was like, I can only, I, I was all curious. I was like, I wonder who this lady is and what kind of other bombshell re reports she's done. She must be out there taking down everybody. I bet she's been part of this Me Too movement. I'm sure she's written all sorts of scandalous pieces, taking down libs of TikTok and the works. And no, it's the, it's the, it's the food section. But if this lady's working in the food section and she's got this bag of tricks, imagine what the other reporters are doing. Uh, we also spoke extensively about the uh, Garland stuff. I'm just going to very quickly give you guys the two highlight moments uh, that are worth watching. One was Thomas Massey. Uh, I think probably caught him perjuring himself and that he made a broad statement that as far as he knows, there was zero people from the FBI involved in January 6th. My guess is there weren't zero people involved from the FBI in January 6th. And my guess would be that Garland wouldn't have no information about a single January 6th person being there. Now, as to whether or not down the line, uh, Garland is actually uh, found to be in trouble for perjuring himself will be interesting. Thomas Massey also, uh, you know, puts the screws to him a little bit. Is that a thing? I don't know if that's an expression. But he also gives him a hard time on the idea that you can always show up and go, well, that's part of an ongoing investigation. And I know that you're supposed to be able to do oversight and ask me about how we're doing it. Because if you can do that, then it forces me to stay honest and it forces every other branch of government to be a little bit honest and make sure that they're not just exerting their power uh, in corrupt ways. And so that's actually a pretty good tool that people get full, pulled in front of Congress with the cameras on and they're going to have to answer questions about what they're doing. And that might keep a lot of people in check because they don't want to be publicly shamed or they don't want to be outed in on cameras in front of the entire world for being completely corrupt. But if you guys have the ability that every single time we bust you being completely corrupt, you can go, hey, I'm not going to answer that because uh, it's part of an ongoing investigation. Then how do we have this tool to get rid of corruption by exposing it, by bringing people in front of us when you always just have that convenient out of, oh, yeah, that's part of an ongoing investigation. The other good moment was uh, you had Jim Jordan, who uh, tends to be particularly good at these uh, committee hearings. He also gave him a tough time on what was going on with uh, that Weiss lawyer who seemingly purposely ran out the clock on being able to investigate the tax years that included the Burisma payments that might have involved uh, President Biden and left to uh, an investigation that might have exposed actual corrupt and corruption in the Biden family, specifically for Joe Biden. But nope, they ran out the clock. And so, you know, he basically sits there and goes, well, we're going to find out on that other report, ongoing investigation, other guy, independent decisions, totally dodges and weaves. And I think it becomes pretty obvious. All right. Two more topics. Uh, oh, I like this. The, the Fed's left the rate unchanged, but keeps door open for another hike. And I like how the Fed basically looks like uh, in, 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 in inflation coming down, like it's a lover or child that might return home. It's an, it's an estranged spouse, it's an estranged dad, and the wife is up there at the press conference going, listen, if for some reason lower inflation wants to come back, we'll leave the door open for it. It's not something that we have any control over. 
And, you know, we take a lot of your money and resources pretending like we're actually able to influence these things. And we're going to continue to take all your money and resources and bail out the banks and do all these things under the guise that we can actually keep a perfect level of 2% inflation so that people don't save too much money because we're under the belief that savings bad and we can keep a perfect relationship between both employment and inflation at the same time, even though historically we've never gotten any of this right and we're causing bubbles all the time. But it's very important not for us just to continue to have our jobs where we're completely well paid and then leave government and get gigantic paychecks giving speeches to the very same people that we helped give bailouts to but listen despite all that they're going to leave the fed leaves rates unchanged but keeps doors open for another hike they're they're open to it they're open to raising the rates again if uh you know it just happens to be that the, the, the more inflation comes around all right, and then we've got two more topics to close out the show. But you know what? I'm liking it. We were getting some comments in, in the chat. Let's go. I miss I missed the old chat function. Everybody, come come migrate over to Twitch. I got the live chats open from the Twitch. Hang out on the Twitch channel until uh, I am building out a website. Uh, thanks to uh, Andrew from, uh, from the Nashville Farm and the AJ Theater. We're working on a pretty incredible option for uh, consuming the Run Your Mouth content down the line that will be completely independent from all platforms, completely protected from censorship, and uh, hopefully building out chat functions and other features. It's a project going on behind the scenes right now to address some of these issues and actually make it so that you know there is one spot uh, to more easily consume the show that's entirely in my ownership. Innovative Business SL. Hi, I want to offer promotion for... <laughs> that's great. I stopped the show to go, hey, someone actually cares about what we're doing, found it live, and wants, and it was a spam bot. So, welcome, spam bot. Even, even you, I respect. Cut spending, raise taxes, and spike interest, in, inflation rate. Okay, so here we go. Um, Russell Brand, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll actually take it to court, find out that the guy was a total rapist. He's out there in a country where it's legal having sex with 16-year-olds. That's kind of weird. Uh, the, 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 the taking off condoms, shoving in condoms, having threesomes, living a hell of a life. And I, and that's not an endorsement of the life. I'm, I'm trying to stay completely neutral in, in all of this because you don't want to comment on these things. And then people go, Hey, this guy's a creep. Anyways, I, I got to start, as I say, I'm building my own platform, Rumble and Odyssey. Cause, uh, I do like the Odyssey people particularly. And uh, I just don't want to have to actually sit down on my computer and then have to re-import things to all sorts of different locations. Whatever. Now we're just complaining again. Let's just read this uh, letter. Firstly, it's the statement from the Rumble CEO. And then we'll see the letter that he received from the UK Parliament. If you guys didn't see this, it is quite interesting. Today received an extremely disturbing letter from a committee chair in the UK Parliament. While Rumble obviously deplores sexual assault, rape, and all serious crimes and believes that both alleged victims and the accused are entitled to a full and serious investigation, it is vital to note that recent allegations against Russell Brand have nothing to do with content on Rumble's platform. Just yesterday, YouTube announced that based solely on these media accusations, it was barring Mr. Brand from monetizing his video content. Rumble stands for very different values. We have devoted ourselves to the vital cause of defending a free internet, meaning an internet where no one arbitrarily dictates which ideas can or cannot be heard or which citizen may or may not be entitled to a platform. We regard it as a deeply inappropriate and dangerous that the UK Parliament would attempt to control who is allowed to speak on our platform or to earn a living from doing so. 
Singling out an individual and demanding his ban is even more disturbing, given the absence of any connection between the allegations and his content on Rumble. We don't agree with the behavior of many Rumble creators, but we refuse to penalize them for actions that have nothing to do with our platform. Although it may be politically and socially easier for Rumble to join a cancel culture mob, doing so would be a violation of our company's values and mission. We empathetically reject the UK's parliament demands. Kudos to the CEO. I think that's an excellent letter. I think it addresses the points. I agree with his perspective. You see, but usually we criticize, we poke holes, we yell and scream. In this case, we give a run-your-mouth acknowledgement of kudos to the CEO of Rumble. All right, this is from the Culture, Media, and Sports Committee. It doesn't even sound like that important of a committee. It's almost like that food journalist. They're coming at you from all angles. Even their culture, media, and sports committees can come after you. Dear Chris, I'm writing concerning the serious allegations regarding Russell Brand in the context of his being a content provider on Rumble with more than 1.4 million followers. The Culture, Media, and Sports Committee is raising questions with the broadcasters and production companies who previously employed Mr. Brand to examine both the culture of the industry in the past and whether that culture still prevails today. However, we're also looking at his use of social media, including on Rumble, where he issued his preemptive response to the accusations made against him by the Sunday Times and Channel 4 dispatches. While we recognize that Rumble is not the creator of the content published by Mr. Brand, we are concerned that he might not be that he may be able to profit from his content on the platform. Now, both of those are pretty creepy. First is they're framing it as that it was negative that he was even able to respond to the accusations. Uh, as if, hey, listen, if the government or other individuals want to make accusations against someone, we need to be living into in a world where the accusations are what stand as uh, as the only source of information on the story. People shouldn't be allowed to comment on their own accusations to a wide audience. Isn't that kind of creepy? That they're literally, they're framing it as this is a negative, that accusations were made and you gave a person the ability just to respond to his own accusations. How dare you give this man a, the ability to not just have to cower to the, once again, it's not like, uh, it's not like this guy is uh, a known criminal and rapist accused by the court system, then fled the country and is now broadcasting from a new location. And these people built the infrastructure to ensure that people could still hear him. This is that he's just been accused of something and the government takes issue with the fact that there's a platform that exists, not built specifically for brand and not built for him specifically to be able to respond to, uh, once again, only accuse. You see all the layers here of just how demanding government is that everyone cowers to the censorship that it wants to impose upon us. I want to reread the paragraph. However, we are also looking at his use of social media, including on Rumble, where he issued his preemptive response to the accusations made against him by the Sunday Times and Channel 4's dispatches, because that was a negative, that he was able to uh, preemptively respond to accusations. While we recognize that Rumble is not the creator of the content published by Mr. Brand, we are concerned that he may be able to profit from his content on the platform. We can't have this person out in the world making a living. We're trying to shame this individual. We're trying to cancel this individual, and we're trying to do this solely off of accusations, and you're giving him an ability to make an income. This isn't, hey, we've got a known criminal, uh, and not only has he evaded jail, you've created the ability for him to make an income, or you could go, hey, this guy's a terrorist, and he's using your platform to recruit other terrorists. 
And maybe you and I would still have an argument about whether or not government should be allowed to censor those kind of things, even though if you're a platform, I don't know why you'd want to have that on your platform. Uh, and I would say that that's probably not a good thing to have on your platform. But we're not talking about any of those things that would become into the territory of debate. You know what I mean? It's like, I understand why people would debate abortion at three months. I don't understand the people that think you can pull a body out of a lady and then stab it on the table or kill it while it's inside. I don't know how frequent that is, but you get what I'm saying. There's things that should be in the frame of what we're debating. And then there's things that you're like, holy shit, I can't even believe that this is on the table. And this is the government assumptively being like, how dare you give the ability to someone that an accusation has been made of a platform to possibly earn an income or respond to the accusations that have not been proven yet in a court of law. Talk about uh, being treated as guilty until you prove yourself innocent. Let's continue. We would be grateful if you could confirm whether Mr. Brand is able to monetize his content. Why do you have to respond to that? Why is it your business? Am I under, are we under investigation? Has Rumble done something illegal? Does the culture, media, and sports committee have the authority to, to demand, like what happens if I don't respond to this? All right, we would be grateful. It just would be a favor to us if you could give us information that we might be able to hold against you in the future. We would be grateful if you could confirm whether Mr. Brand is able to monetize his content, including his videos relating to the serious accusations against him. I guess that becomes more interesting. Maybe I could see their claim is that specifically, like if you're accused of a crime, like imagine if you were OJ in the era of social media and against your lawyer's uh, guidance, you just, well, yeah, because usually you you wouldn't want to be commenting on your own case. But I guess that's somewhat interesting. If you, let's say you were actually a mass murderer and you went on to social media daily to refute or even take pride in your actions and then you were monetizing that guy. My guess is all of your earnings would be seized once you were found to be a criminal. I don't know. Interesting, uh, interesting questions. Um, we would be grateful if you could confirm whether Mr. Brand is able to monetize his content, including his videos relating to the serious accusations against him. If so, we would like to know whether or not Rumble intends to join YouTube in suspending Mr. Brand's ability to earn money. We'd also like to know what Rumble is doing to ensure that creators are not able to use the platform to undermine the welfare victims. There you go. That's some that's some good lawyering right there. That in building a platform for free speech and people coming and doing a political show, if they're accused of something, then by allowing those people to continue to do their jobs until they're found out to be guilty, you are actually undermining the welfare of victims. That's quite a spin, because I guess if you turn out to be a victim of a crime until a person is found guilty of that crime, it is annoying and difficult and maybe uh, worse for your recovery to see them there every day, uh, continuing to have a small. Why and how that would be difficult for a victim, but. That also is a framework by which any time an accusation is made, we have to keep in mind the welfare. They're not, you know what? I, I retract this. That's not accurate. They're not victims until you prove in a court of law that the action actually took place. They're, they're accusers. And so I guess you should respect accusers that what they have said might be right and 
the courtesy of accusers is that you will take the accusation seriously enough to go do an investigation or show up to a court of law. That's the courtesy that you owe to accusers. If an accuser makes an accusation, you do a little bit of homework to see if it's even a reasonable accusation. And if it's a reasonable accusation, you then proceed forward with extending resources to proving the accusation so that what they said does become uh, uh, it, it, it becomes known to be. We pause there because it, it froze up. Known to be true. And then you punish the guilty party. But until you get there, they're not they're not a victim, they're an accuser, because we don't actually know that they were victimized. They've been claimed to be victimized. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't re realize that the first time. That's what's nefarious about that claim. Undermine the welfare of victims. Was there a court case previously that proved that these people are victims and that a crime was committed? Because then the guy wouldn't be on the platform, he'd be in jail. All right, let's continue of inappropriate and potentially, oh, the victims of inappropriate behavior. There you go. I guess, well, we don't, it's still not victims of inappropriate. What does that mean? So if I make fun of someone, let's say I make fun of someone on my podcast in a way that's inappropriate, which a lot of times it is. And I guess in that case, there are victims of my inappropriate behavior that you could hear the mean jokes that I said about you. So then you'd have to be removed from the platform because of, there's a, you got to make a difference here between inappropriate and illegal behavior. All right, that's enough on that. Let's close this out with something a little bit more definitive. This is from the uh, New York Post. We're hearing all the time that there's people coming over our border. Uh, they're just pouring over. And I, you don't know. I'm over here. I don't know where they're pouring over the border. Every once in a while you see footage of iron gates being, uh, being uh, 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 welded open and the, the floodgates are open. The New York Post, it's also, uh, I read the Post, I enjoy the Post, I check it daily. But, you know, they go for it a little bit. I'm not saying that they're, you know, I'm not, the New York Times isn't any more truthful than the New York Post is. But sometimes the New York Post will make some fun. They got, they got a little bit of spin, and they're a little bit, uh, uh, they can be a little bit shocking and very forward with their presentation, which is what makes it funny. It's so New York because it's like it, 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 they're, they're undignified in the way that they will attack people and so straightforward with it. It's got that New York flavor of, hey, fuck you. No, fuck you. It's just like it, almost the way that you grew up thinking New York was supposed to be. The New York Post still has that flavor. And also, uh, I wouldn't even say it leans conservative. I would say it is conservative. Uh, borders on tabloid, but it's factual. So here we go. Shocking. 3.8 million migrants have entered U.S. since Biden took office. 1.5 million sneaked in and are still here. So I haven't actually seen numbers put to this yet. Um, but firstly, these numbers are pretty large. Uh, and not only are these numbers pretty large, uh, I think the math is that nearly 40% are just getting across the border. And it's not like Usually, sometimes people lie. It's like, oh, only 20,000 people. It's like 100,000 people crossed last year and, you know, 40,000 people. And you'd be like, all right, well, I guess 40,000 people snuck in. It's not like for a country that's not the most amount of people. But how many people do we even have in this country? What is it, 380 million? So 10% of the population, like 10% of the population? Right? No, I must have my math wrong on that. 380. 
No, because 38 million would be, yeah, I have my math. So 1%, I guess, but imagine if every single year, 1% of the current population size snuck over, then in 10 years, you would have a 10%. I don't know if my math is right on this. I shouldn't be doing math on the show out loud because I'm not good at math. And then you actually showcase the fact that you're a dumbass. Uh, but anyways, the fact that 40%, firstly, you get all these people that just get handed their paperwork of show up in court. And then I, who thinks they are actually showing up in court? But staggering how many people have illegally crossed the border this year. And I guess also I would have to think that the amount that are cutting, coming in that you don't even know would have to be undercounted for. Like, I don't even know how you're coming up with that number. Uh, but it was interesting to me that I guess as many as 40% undetected. All right, that is our episode. Maybe in things that are mathy, I should do early in the episode when I didn't yell a whole bunch and I tired myself out talking about the uh, uh, being a victim of Spirit Airlines baggage abuse. <laughs> you see, that's why I should have been a bore. I'm going to start the fun. Victims of Spirit Air. I, you know what? I hope one day I get to be in front of the Senate committee hearing and I can go, I'm sorry. But as a victim of Spirit Airline baggage abuse, uh, you're bringing up a lot of trauma when you ask me that question. And so I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to answer it. I'm a victim of Spirit Airlines baggage abuse. And it's really traumatic. And so I'm, I'm going to have to leave. Can you imagine that if someone if they asked you, like, you actually committed a, a bold crime? And they go, you defrauded investors of the Run Your Mouth podcast when you said that you were going to blah, 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 and just as a victim. All right. That is our episode. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, I'm going to be announcing some new tour dates shortly, starting to fill up the December. I'm waiting to do anything for January, February, uh, March. And then all of a sudden you turn around, it's already Porch Tour again. We're on a fucking treadmill here. Next year, I'd like to start Porch Tour in May. None of this starting late June thing and going into September, October. That is nonsense. For next year, Porch Door will be running. Uh, I shouldn't be making bold claims because who knows. But we're going to try and uh, maybe we'll do a preseason. There'll be a, a pre-porch season. Maybe we'll go back to tops. That was a great time. We didn't do it last year because I was in Tampa. But yeah, you know what? Positive mental attitude. Next year, the audience is going to be so large that we can do something up at the Villages have some hot old orgies with those sluts. You put the thing up on your golf cart, you float around town, and they're like, wait a second, that 35-year-old wants to bang us 70-year-olds? And then you're the hottest thing in the entire town. Uh, yeah, so maybe we'll do a couple preseason porches. All right, here's what we're going to do. As long as we're just uh, bullshitting at the end of the show and talking about things that probably never happen, next year, we'll go back to the shed shows. We were doing fun shows, backyard, Stanford, Connecticut. So we'll get some local things going. We'll do a little bit of a preseason warm-up party. Some 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 porching barbecues out in Stanford, Connecticut by the Shedcast Boys. Have some rap concerts, nice and local. We'll get some other local porches going. And that will be porch season, will be the preseason. And then we'll do proper porches May to the end of August. And we're going to try and stack all of the incredibly hot areas into may so that it's still nice out and you know as the summer gets hotter we'll try and be in the uh not texas you know like texas will have to be in may instead of so that i don't have to set up in 100 degree heat texas year texas gig went great last year but you guys got what i'm saying and then come september because i do think we can still porch in september but it just shouldn't be called summer porch store it's got to be the uh bring your girlfriend pick some apples classic or something i don't know all right that's our episode i'm just 
totally rambling at this point. I don't know why you're still listening. Uh, RobbieTheFire.com for uh, for dates up in upstate New York this weekend. Thank you to the sponsors. YoCreatum.com, home of the $6 kilo. YoDotil.com, use promo code RYM. Get yourself 20% off. Get yourself gummies, vape pens if you're over the age of 21. SheathUnderwear.com, greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls, man. 20% off with promo code RYM. And then, of course, PremierPharma.com, helping the doctors and the clinicians get better-priced generic drugs to their patients. Have a great day. Back probably Monday for a new episode. Later, everybody.